Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord. This is Minister T, and you join the Bridge Network uh, as we are starting our living uh, Bible study uh, and... We're doing it slightly later on tonight uh, at 8 o'clock instead of uh, 7.30, uh, and, but we're glad that you're joining us on tonight as we are continuing our study with uh, the network ministry and talking about our spiritual gifts. Amen. Again, this is Minister T with the Bridge Network, and we're going to jump right in um, so that uh, we can uh, get a good uh, study in on tonight. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bless your holy name and thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you, Lord God, for directing us, guiding us, and leading us. We pray now, Lord God, that as you teach us and show us that you would, Lord God, plant the seed inside of us, that we would recognize our gifts, recognize our spiritual gifts and how to use them for the kingdom of God. We pray for those that are on the line and those that will listen to this call. We know, Lord God, that when they hear it, it will be ordained by you. And We thank you for that blessing. So we give you all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, this is the Bridge Network, and you're joining us for our Bible study on tonight. Amen. And we have been studying and talking about spiritual gifts for the last couple of weeks now. We are using a book uh, called Network, and it was written by Bruce Bugby and Don Cousins. And uh, we've had a great time going through these uh, sessions and uh, we are now, um, I'm going to do a bit of review, uh, starting with page 26. Uh, if you don't have the book, uh, you'd love to pick it up. Again, it's called Network. Uh, it's a revised version, and the authors are Bruce Bugby and Don Cousins. Um, also, there is a spiritual um, gifts uh, guide assessment that you can take, and it is very thorough where you can really see and identify what your gifts, your uh, spiritual gifts are and how they can be used for the kingdom of God. Um, last week we really talked about understanding um, what our gift, spiritual gifts are for and really talking about how we are to use them uh, for uh, the kingdom of God so that God is glorified and others are edified. And as we looked at that, we began to look at our servant uh, profile and understanding that there are three components uh, that make up our servant profile, and that is the spiritual gift, our personal style, and our ministry passion. And we broke that down and talked about how spiritual gifts means that's what you do best. 
um, and those things that you do best, then you are very competent in them. And that's one way to identify what your spiritual gifts are. Um, They're things that you do best and that you're very competent in them. Um, The next thing is in your servant uh, profile is also a personal style, which indicates how you best serve and that you're very confident when you serve. And so as we get into profiles, although several people may have uh, the same spiritual gift, what brings the distinction is when we come in with our personal style. Everybody has a different style of doing things. And I gave the example on last week about singing maybe in a choir, that, yes, you may have a wonderful, wonderful spiritual gift uh, of uh, singing and that your gift is a ministering uh, tool that is able to reach the hearts of many, that they they see heaven when you sing. And, and yes, there may be several people that have that ability. They do it well, and they're very competent in what they do, but it is the personal style of a person um, that makes then that gift different from somebody else's gift. So in that, we even know that then there's no point in being jealous about somebody doing something better than you because they do the same thing you do because of your personal style. Nobody has your style. You're the only one that has your style. There is no duplicate, even if you were a twin. There, everybody has their own personal style. Maybe you're a teacher and you teach very well, and there are lots of teachers that teach very well. They do it well. They're very competent in what they're doing. But it is the personal style of the teacher that makes that person different. And when you find out what your personal style is, that's when you discover how you best serve with your spiritual gift. And you are then very confident in whatever you do. Then the last thing in our profile is ministry passion. And ministry passion indicates where you best serve. And when you serve in that place where you best serve, you'll be motivated to serve. Uh, As I said on last week, I believe many times that we come in, we may have spiritual gifts or we may have gifts in certain areas. And, yes, people identify and they see our strengths. But then they want to put us in a particular position that we might not necessarily have a passion to serve. And so we're put in in that position, but then we're not necessarily motivated. The way you know that you can utilize your spiritual gifts, add your own personal style, and also have a ministry passion is when you are competent, confident, and motivated. So we want to make sure that we are utilizing our spiritual gifts in the right place at the right time with the right people. And there are no wrong or right spirit gifts. There are no wrong or right styles, and there are no wrong or right passions. Everybody is different, and they're all different. And you can have any spiritual gift with any personal style and ministry passion, but you do it to the glory of God, not for any particular person, but to his glory and for the kingdom. So there are three truths about all spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are God-given. I said that last week. 
that you cannot buy a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts are God-given. They come from above. That's why they're spiritual gifts, and those spiritual gifts are supposed to be used in a spiritual way. There's no right or wrong about a spiritual gift. They're just different. And spiritual gifts, when we begin to understand about our spiritual gifts and how we're to use our spiritual gifts to give God the praise, the glory, and the honor, then we can begin to identify and identify where God would have us to be. Then we can begin to look to see where we are to serve. Spiritual gifts are the what question and what should I do when I serve. So when we really get down to really examining our spiritual gifts and we get to the third question, spiritual gifts answer the what question. And that question is, what should I do when I serve? Again, I believe that we have and we can have more than one spiritual gift but all have a spiritual gift. And when we are given that spiritual gift, the question is what do we do and where do we serve with that gift? And to be clear about what I mean, we last week we looked at uh, a looked at a description as it relates to spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit and distributed to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. And we really broke that down and really talked about on last week as it relates to special abilities and understanding that special abilities, they are divine endowments. And I explained that last week about divine endowments, that there is a divine deposit inside of you. Your spiritual gift has been deposited inside of you by the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts are used for spiritual purposes. Again, we talked about we are to use our spiritual gift for spiritual purposes. Our spiritual gifts are not to be used to be put on sale. Our spiritual gifts are for spiritual purposes, for the building of the kingdom, for the glorification of God, and the edification of others. Spiritual gifts are tasks or functions, which means that they are to work. Spiritual gifts do not sit on benches or church benches. Spiritual gifts do not take a break. Spiritual gifts are tasks and functions, and they are visible when they are used. Spiritual gifts enable us to do meaningful service, meaning that as we begin to do spiritual gifts, those spiritual gifts will have meaning and will have purpose. We looked at 1 Corinthians 12, 8, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, which says, To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy. So as we begin to see and we look at uh, the spiritual gifts, so who gives these spiritual gifts? The Holy Spirit. The Holy gives spiritual gifts that we may begin to do um, a wonderful work in the Lord. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. God gives these gifts. Why? To his children. Why? To do his work. He gives us these gifts so that we can begin to build the body of Christ, to begin to operate 
within the body of Christ. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to every believer, that every believer has at least one spiritual gift. So when we go and we think, oh, well, I don't have a spiritual gift, no. As we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit of of the Lord now resides inside of us. Each believer then has at least one spiritual gift. That doesn't mean that you don't have more than one. It just means that you have at least one spiritual gift. We do not earn them or choose them. They, again, are an endowment. They're placed, divine endowment, placed inside of us. So we can't earn them. We can't get brownie points for them. We can't do all the uh, wonderful works uh, and to please other people, and we don't choose them. God places them inside of us. In fact, they were placed inside of us when we were created, even before the ends of uh, the beginning of the world, it, before we were even in our mother's womb, that he had already predestined and pre-designed us for to do his work. And so we don't earn them or choose them. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no spiritual gifts. So when we think about spiritual gifts, yes, we may have talents, and there are many people that have talents, there's a difference between a talent and a spiritual gift. The difference, the main distinction is spiritual gifts are to be used with for spiritual purposes. So we recognize then and know that without the Holy Spirit, there's no spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts cannot operate without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. So it is only through the Holy Spirit that spiritual gifts can operate. And as we just said, God gives these gifts to his children, to believers. Therefore, unbelievers do not have spiritual gifts. And you may say, well, why can't an unbeliever not have spiritual gifts? Because the spiritual gift only operates with believers. The spiritual gift only operates through the Holy Spirit. So if you do not believe, you cannot receive. If you do not believe in the Holy Spirit, if you do not believe in God, then you are not given the gift, the spiritual gift, to then begin to uh, operate because the spiritual gift is to work within the body of Christ. So spiritual gifts are not Unbelievers do not have spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are distributed to every believer according to God's design, design and grace. They show us how we can make our own unique con- uh, contributions. So when we look at spiritual gifts and as they're dis- distributed to each believer, a sp- spiritual gifts begin to really show us how we fit in within the body of Christ. And I, and that's why I think it's really important for you to begin to understand what your spiritual gift is because then it gives more clarity of how you fit in. Sometimes we go to church and sometimes we're in ministries and we're just there. We're just bench warmers. We're just, we're just there because by habit we just show up. We're just there because, you know, we want to be a part and we want to do something, but we're not necessarily fully active. And so many times it's because we really don't know what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to be. So spiritual gifts 
are then designed to help us and to show us how to make our unique contribution. Spiritual gifts will begin to um, show us where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. They reveal a, a part of God's will for our lives. When we are able to then tap into our spiritual gifts, then it draws us closer to the will of God for our lives. And they confirm that every believer has a place of service, which means that when we are part of ministry, each of us have a place of service. There is not one person that does not have anything to do. Now, we might not do anything, but each person has a place, from the youngest to the oldest, has a place of service. The spiritual gifts are distributed every believer according to God's grace and design, and they are given for power and purpose in our ministry. So now we can see how things come together, that one, spiritual gifts can show us how we are very unique and how we can contribute, which means nobody is left out that everybody has something to contribute and to give. They also then show us God's will. Now we begin to see what our purpose is, not what other people want us to be and not what other people want us to do. We begin to see what God's will is for our life. And then it also confirms then our place and service. So now as we begin to connect, we begin to see what God's will is. We begin to see our uniqueness within the, the ministry, and then we can begin to have purpose in that ministry. So then we just don't show up just to be showing up, but we know that we're there for a purpose, and not only a purpose, but we have power. When we operate within the realms of our spiritual gift, we have power, which means that in our uniqueness, we have power to move mountains when we operate in our spiritual care. So that even encourages even the more to really find out where we're at so that we can begin to operate in the power and begin to operate in purpose for our ministries. So now let's look at these two verses. Who are the gifts for? The first verse is First Peter 4 in 10, which says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to what? To serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So we see right off the bat that our spiritual gifts are not for us. Our spiritual gifts are not for us. Each one should use whatever gift that they have and and has received to serve others so that we can faithfully administer God's grace. So God wants to use us and use the spiritual gift that he has endowed and deposited inside of us for the purpose of serving others. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, which means now for each one of us, we now receive the manifestation of the spirit, the spiritual gift that has been deposited in us, the endowed in us. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, brings that up out of us, and then it works for the common good, which means that what He has given us, 
now works within the body of Christ for the common good of the body of Christ, that all gifts will work together, and as all gifts work together, the body of Christ then is edified. So when we talk about common goods, exactly, common goods, spiritual gifts are for others for common good of the body of Christ. That means my gifts aren't for me. They are to benefit others and to benefit you, not me. They are given to build up other believers. So when I use my spiritual gift, not only am I using it now to serve you, but also the gift that I have should build up other believers. It also should help us to serve one another better, which means that if we're not in competition with each other, we should begin to serve one another so that wherever I lack, you support, and whatever you lack, I support. It also then empowers believers to expand the kingdom of God. You can't help but to expand. So as begin, as each began to help one another, each began to grow, each began to serve one another, you can't help but to expand because now everyone is empowered and the kingdom of God can grow. But as long as we fight against each other, as long as we feel that we're in competition with each other, it will always stunt the growth of the church and of the ministry. So spiritual gifts are used for the common good. Spiritual gifts are not designated just for one certain person or one certain thing, but for the common good for the entire body of Christ. The description in the distribution of spiritual gifts now reveals how God intended his church and his children to function. He designed it that way. But somewhere along the line, I think we've gotten off track. Somewhere along the line, I think we've become like the world. Doggy dog, you get yours, I get mine. And that is not what God has designed spiritual gifts to operate or that the body of Christ is supposed to operate. But we have turned the ways of what the Lord has designed for us to do, and we have turned it over, and now we are beginning to operate like the world. God carefully selected each believer's spiritual gifts. He carefully selected a spiritual gift. The gift that is inside of you was carefully selected, designed just for you. And Paul also wants us to know that spiritual gifts are from God. He says it three times in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. In verse 7 he says, now to each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Then he says in verse 11, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives to them each one, just as he determines. And then in verse 18, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, you would think, why is Paul in this this verse, in these verses in chapter 12, continually saying one, 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 one? Why is he 
so much on this one. And I think that he's saying this so that we do not get confused and feel that we are in competition with each other. Each one has given the manifestation of what their gift is through the Holy Spirit. And that gift is to be used for the common good. And each one has been given a gift by God that he determined that you didn't choose and nobody else chose. Nobody picked a gift for you when you walked in the door of the church. He gave it to you. He designed it specifically for you. And he is now using that spiritual gift. Each one has a spiritual gift that is distinctly designed for them, designed for them with their their personal style and their ministry passion. And each one has been given that so that it could be used within the body of Christ and that God may use you. So let's stop one minute. Question, how does it make you feel as you think about the fact that God has given you a spiritual gift? Now on your page, there's a box, and it says reflection. Or if you don't have the book, then on a sheet of paper, I just want you to write the word reflection. Again, my question is, how does it make you feel as you think about the fact that God has given you a spiritual gift? So write down a few words that reflect your feelings and your thoughts. Write down how you feel and how does it make you feel as you think about the fact that God has given you a spiritual gift. Remember, each of us has at least one spiritual gift. How do you feel about that? How does it make you feel? And I want you to write that down in that reflection. The other question is, what the other question is, as you think about this, what are the thoughts going on in your mind as it relates to how you feel? So I'm going to uh, actually open it up if there's anybody that wants to comment. Um, and I'll actually comment first as as it relates to the question. Um, I am, it's a it's an honor and a privilege to know that God was thinking about me even before I was created in my mother's womb. To even know and was thinking about the gift that he was going to put inside of me so that I may be a blessing to the body of Christ. It is an honor and it's such a privilege to be able to be used by God and also to be able to use that gift, it, it you know, to be able to connect. And also it is a great feeling to know what your gift is. You know, many times it takes us a while to figure figure out what that spiritual gift is and where we're supposed to be. And I was like that for a while. But once I really tapped in and I and I really understood what God was calling me to as he began to manifest that gift inside of me, it caused me to have a closer relationship with him. 
it caused caused me to begin to communicate with him. It was almost like, you know, you can have a relationship with somebody when you first get to know them and you kind of kind of feeling your way and you kind of getting to know them and but then all of a sudden it's just one day it just clicks. And you know them and they know you. And that's how it was that once I really found where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing, it clicked. No matter what other things came and no matter what other talents I may have, I know what my spiritual gift is. And and it falls in line as we talked about knowing what your spiritual gift and you can identify it if you go back to the chart. Your personal style is in it. Nobody does it like you. And also your ministry passion is in it. And that really helps you to then recognize what your spiritual gifts is. So I'm going to open it up if there's anybody that wants to comment about that thought. This is Minister Eunice. Um, I guess my word would be grateful. Uh, I guess almost like as a little kid, you know, Christmas is coming and you know, you're going to get something, but you don't quite know. You know your parents always say you're going to have one gift you know nothing about. So I, 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 I'm grateful, and I, I think it's more of a, a, a being in awe, being with an appreciative heart, just being honored that like you said that, that he even gave you a gift. And, and as you were talking and going over the lesson, I kind of pretty much thought about how awesome would be if the entire body of Christ, if this one church, if everyone tapped into their gift and everybody uh, actually worked their gift, what would that church look like if everyone, the one gift we do have, that the world says that we have, that the entire body would actually operate? What would that church look like? And, and then as you were talking about it, I'm just trying to picture in my in my mind, how awesome that church has to be. It's almost like saying it's the the, the last church, the way the Lord would have it to be, and knowing that is how he planned it. And unfortunately, as you were saying, that we have moved out of that frame of mind. And, you know, I was thinking about even though we could say people go to church for years and years and years and sit in a church, and I thought about how, as I was coming up, we would always say some people don't do anything they just Bitswarmers and they would just sit there, and so you would have to pretty much imagine if everybody worked it. But because we're now in a place where some people just don't want to do anything, they want to actually just sit there, as you say, enjoy the service or listen to the music and then go home, but never ever tapping into the gift they have or never actually having that that that, that taught to them or being taught and not using it, you know, taking it for granted. Oh, yeah, they say I got a gift, but you know what? I just come and do what I got to do, sit here, give my little and offerings, uh, clap a few times, and go home. But when you think about it, it, it it's such a, a, a – it can do nothing but be in a, in a, in a appreciative mode of saying, you know, God stepped out of time and eternity just to set those things in motion that he gave each and every, you said each and every single one of us had a gift, and and then and then to have that gift and never open it. He gave you a present, like having a gift all wrapped up in a bow, and all you do is look at it over and over every single day of your life, and never knowing what's inside the box. And so that's how I look at it. It's like you got a gift and you never open it. You never tap in. You never get to see what you actually had, and then it's like you you leave here, and God says, 
that's what I gave you, and you never use it. It's like a gift that was just wasted, a gift that just, it just, just laid there and did nothing for it. So when I think about it, it, it makes you excited that, oh, I got a gift, and it wasn't from my parents, it wasn't from a friend. It was something that he actually gave me, which means there was so much thought in it when he gave it to me. He, he knew what I the gift that I needed, he knew how I was working it, how I was functioning it, what I would do with it. But to actually give him a gift and never actually open it, it makes you like, oh, my God, can you just imagine getting a Christmas present and never opening it, just leaving it up under the tree? So I just think it's, it's just, to me, it's just exciting. Even when we were talking about it, it made me real more appreciative of the gift that he gave us and the gifts that he allowed us to use. And so you, you want to be able to use that gift. You don't want to just sit there and look at it and, and it just goes to moth and goes back. You don't, it's like getting a gift and then you never use it and it's, it's like returning it to the sender. And it's like you don't use it. It's like a slap in God's face saying, that was a nice gift, pretty bow. I ain't want it. So I, I can do nothing but be more excited now than ever of just actually tapping into it and understanding everybody got a gift. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gift is special. Everybody's gift is, is, is uniquely and divinely ordered for just that one individual. And if we all come together and use our gifts, each gift is connected to the next person and the next person, and together we are powerful. Amen. Amen, and and that actually leads right into um, the next uh, part of the lesson, which is on page thirty-one, that talks about uniqueness, unity, and diversity, and understanding that our gifts are given by design, and that's what makes us unique. Is that our gifts are given? That what's that's what makes us different from anyone else. That's what makes us very unique. So therefore, when we come together. As a church, and we begin to come together as a church, we can experience a great diversity, and our differences are by God's design. And and I think we're not seeing, you know, uh, like we, you minister, you you know, you you are you're a designer, you're you're a seamstress, you sew, and I think it's just like with fabric that. You know, you could have some fabric in the store, uh, and, and it's not in its making yet, but it's when you begin to cut out the pattern, and, and you take that plain fabric, and now you cut out a pattern, and there could be tons of patterns. You could have tons of pattern, uh, uh, patterns with that one piece of fabric, but begin to cut that out, and it becomes unique. And then as you begin to piece it together and put it together, it becomes usable. And and that's what God is, does with our spiritual gifts is that we all we all have uh, the we all are part of the pattern. And He has clothed us with this gift that He has cut that He is specially made. So that then when it comes together, we could actually come together, just as we were talking about the puzzle pieces, that we can actually come together. And it is God. God has a design, a a custom, unique design of what the body of the church is supposed to be look like. And as you were saying, imagine that if everybody 
came together with their gift and began to operate in the place of where they would be, what would that look like? And see, that's what God has designed. God has designed the bride that is without a spot or wrinkle. There is a church that he has designed, and that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing is he he's cutting patterns and he's piecing things together. And sometimes we can't see it and we can't understand it. It seems kind of weird. It seems like things are so wayward, like the, the pattern is cut wrong, <laughs> that things seem to be off. But God is putting the pieces together. He's putting the pattern together because he has a very unique design. Uh, for the bride, and when he does that, we, with these different gifts, we have these different gifts according to the grace given to us. We see that in Romans 12 and 6, that we have these different gifts according to the grace that is given us. So, however, we we must understand that diversity is not division. Diversity is not division. Although we may be all different kind of colors, although we are all different kind of races, uh, that does not mean that that requires division. And sometimes we see it even in our churches that, you know, um, our churches are so segregated that, you know, everybody's black or everybody's white or everybody Hispanic. But because we're diverse doesn't mean that we should be divided. That God has created us that we are all colors and all creeds. We are men. We are women. We're all children. We're all to be together. So we're not to be divided because of our diversity, but we should be united. And in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 20, verses 21 and 25 through 26, it says, as it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So that there should be no division in the body, but it is the parts that should work, have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Diversity, when we begin to look at it and we understand diversity, it does not mean division. We are here, we see, we are clearly told that while we are all diverse, we are called to serve without division. We see that in 1 Corinthians 12, 20 and 21, through, and 25 through 26. The diversity of these spiritual manifestations is simply a reflection of who God is. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, which means that we have different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, which means that what the Holy Spirit has given us and that the Lord has deposited inside of us has not been given by anything else. And we may want to say other people that gave us kind of other stuff, but when it comes to spiritual gifts to be used by the believer, it is given by God only. The same spirit then that gives your gift is the same spirit that gives my gift. And although we may have different gifts, it is given by the same spirit. And there are different kinds of service, but one Lord, which means that the service that we give, 
although there may be different services, I may sing, you may preach, you may teach, another may have the gifts of health. Although we have different gifts, the gifts then are used for the glorification of God and to edify the body. So our gifts then are used to serve him. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them and all men, which means that God's not doing anything any more special to you than he is doing for me. He's working for all men, for everyone. That same God, that one God, is not paying favoritism on one side or the other. We believe in what we believe this to be called the triune God, a God who is three in one. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God himself exists in the community. He has one purpose, but has chosen to manifest his diversity through three persons of the Trinity. The church, his body, also exists with one purpose and has different manifestations. So as we begin to talk about gifts and to really understand it is God working through us, that although he does not himself walk upon this earth through Jesus Christ, he is now working through us because he promised that when I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will come upon you and the Holy Spirit will be with in you, and it is God now operating in in the Holy Spirit to work through us to walk upon this earth in the church and to edify uh, the body of Christ so that all may be saved. So now we see and we believe that then God is a triune God working as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But just as diversity was meant not to be division, so unity is not conformity. And let's see what the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty nine and 30. It says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Hmm. 1 Corinthians 12, 17 through 20 says, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, there would be where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So unity is not achieved by being alike. So and I think that's important because many times we want to be like sister so and so and brother so and so. We want to sing like sister so-and-so and and brother so-and-so. We want to do the same thing that they do. But God has not designed us, although we work in unity, that does not mean that we conform and we begin to 
try to do what somebody else does. We shouldn't be trying to be, as they say, like the Joneses. We should be doing and operating and being what God has designed us to be and recognizing our uniqueness. I think our challenge and our problem is is that we don't know what our gift is. We don't even know what our uniqueness is. And, Minister, you were talking about the box. I think some of us have don't even see the box. The box is sitting there, but they don't even know that the box belongs to them. They don't know that that gift is theirs, even for them to open it. And even when they're given the gift, some of them are afraid to open the gift because they're scared to see what's inside the gift. They might think, oh, my goodness, if I open this gift, that means i got to start doing stuff. And then recognizing that once they do open the gift, what a blessing to receive the gift. I honestly believe when you really tap into what your spiritual gift is, you can't sit down on it. When you tap into where you're supposed to be, when you tap into your uniqueness and what you're supposed to do in the body of Christ, when you begin to tap into your ministry flow, you begin to now tap into your true being and your true destiny, and you don't sit down on that. Whatever we have passion to do, whatever we love to do, nobody has to beg us to do it. We just do it because we like doing it. And that's the same thing with the spiritual gift. When you truly recognize and find out what your spiritual gift is, you'll do it without anybody asking. You'll begin to flow in it. You won't even try to compete with anybody else because you'll be confident knowing that whatever you have, nobody else has. God gave it to you and nobody can take it away. So as we begin to unite, unity is not achieved by being alike. So all of us are not apostles. All of us are not prophets. All of us are not teachers. All of us don't perform miracles or have gifts of healing. All of us don't speak in tongues, and all of us don't interpret. So when we begin to recognize that we have our own gift, we work in the place and where God has placed us, he's arranged us to be where we're at. So even when we think about right now in ministry, it is not by happenstance, it's not by accident that he has us where we are. The question is, have we tapped into the spiritual gift that he's given us, and are we operating in that spiritual gift? It's not by accident that he has us in places that we are. It's not by accident that he has us doing certain things the way we do. He is already predestined and predesigned. It's a pattern that he's cut out, and he's putting together that pattern so that he can turn it into a beautiful, beautiful dressing. And so when we see that, as we begin to see what God is doing, he begins to unite us. Unity is achieved by having the same purpose, and that purpose is what? To glorify God and edify others. So now when we begin to see that our gifts are used and we use them in unity, that we're not in competition with any each other, that we have a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify God and to edify others. Then, as God designed each part of the body to work together and to work toward this purpose by being in an interdependent relationship with all parts, we have to get to the place that I need you and you need me, and not bringing in the world process of dog eat dog, you get yours and I get mine. And many times 
that's where we fall short when it comes to ministry, that we're all trying to work separately instead of working interdependent, meaning that I depend on you and you depend on me, but with my gift and with your gift, we can work together in unity and we can begin to see a mighty work in what God is doing. Amen. So in summary, and I'm going to close it up with this, and we'll actually then be done with um, session one of our book. But in summary, we have talked about uh, net in this goal, and the goal of this this session was to help believers to believe, to be fruitful, and to fulfill a meaningful place in service. So ultimately, as we go through the study, we should end the study knowing our spiritual gift and knowing that we are operating fruitfully and operating with meaningful service wherever God has placed us in. Also, we should be serving to glorify God and edify others. So it's not about us. It's not about what we want and where we want to be and how we want stuff to work and how we want stuff to operate, but it's all about glorifying God and giving God the glory and edifying others. So our servant profile, as we said, it helps us to identify our spiritual gifts, which answers the what question, our personal style, which answers the how question, and our ministry passion, which answers the where question. So as we begin to tap into understanding our spiritual gifts, the first thing we should be looking at is what is my spiritual gift? Then as we help we begin to identify what God has placed inside of us, then we can see our personal style. How am I supposed to use my spiritual gift? And then the last thing is then tapping into the ministry passion. Where am I supposed to use my spiritual gift? Spiritual gifts are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit and distributed to every believer according to God's design. He has designed a perfect church. He's designed a perfect bride. And by God's design and grace, it is for the common good of the body of Christ that nobody is better than anybody else in God's eyes, that he sees everybody as his creation and as equal, and he loves everyone the same. And so with each pattern that he has cut out to make us unique, he is piecing us and putting us together to begin to operate in unity, to begin to be a blessing to one another, but then to begin to operate as one body that glorifies God and edifies each other. Amen. God bless you. Uh, are Any comments in the closing remarks? Amen. Praise God. So we just summed up uh, session one. Um, we're going to be uh, working toward uh, session two, uh, which uh, the title was called The Purpose of Gifts. So we're going to be talking about our purpose and understanding why we have our gifts and understanding how they work uh, independently, uh, how we're dependent on them, um, and how we can work independently as well as interdependently. So we'll begin our next uh, session on next week and start talking about our spiritual gifts. So if you have your books, you can always go ahead and begin. And don't forget to do uh, your spiritual assessments so that as we're going along, 
you should be now connecting your spiritual gift along with the lessons that we're going through. Amen. Well, I God bless you. Thank you, Minister Wade, for being on the line with us on tonight. And anybody else that is on the line, also those that are listening to this recording, we know that when you hear it, it's going to be a blessing. So we just pray blessings upon you right now. We're going to close out in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to receive your word. And we thank you to know that even before you you created us in our, our mother's womb, that you designed us and you planted and endowed us with a gift, uh, a spiritual gift to be used uh, to glorify you and to edify the body. And we thank you, Lord God, that this gift we, we treat it as an honor and a privilege, Lord God, to be able to utilize our gift so that we can work within the body as in, within unity, but yet to be uh, d- different and unique, but to work in unity that you may be pleased. So we just bless your holy name for those that will hear this call. We pray blessings upon them right now in the name of Jesus, those that are on the call. We pray strength right now to endure as they tap in and to begin to understand what their spiritual gifts is, that they may begin to apply it, and that your, the works that they do may be done to glorify and edify you. So we just thank you on tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do the rest of this week. We receive your overflowing blessings, and we're excited to go and begin to do a a great and marvelous work. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for the bridge and, and what you're doing, even in small beginnings. We thank you, Lord God, that there is greatness and that all you're doing is you cut the pattern and now you're putting the pieces together. So we just thank you, Lord God, and we cannot wait. We're excited to see what you're about to display. So we just give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. This has been Minister T. And this has been Minister Wade. This has been the Bridge Network. We thank you so much, and we hope to see you on next Monday. God bless you.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.